Welcome to the Learning Summit podcast. In this week's episode, myself, Sean Gilligan and Nick White will be discussing a review of Learning Technologies 2022, which was held recently at Excel in London. Hi, Nick. So it was a good show all in all. Uh, the first uh, post-pandemic, it's fair to say that the footfall and attendance was probably down year on year. And uh, indeed, the floor plan and floor space, uh, it was also reduced. But all in all, um, some buzz at the show, some great expos and talks. Uh, what were your highlights and lowlights of Learning Technologies 2022? Well, Sean, I think the first positive really is that it's back. And that's great news. And it is good to see actually such a vibrant audience and attendance. Yes, maybe down on previous years, but these have been tricky times. Um, in terms of the exhibition itself, for example, some interesting new tech. Let's just take VR as one example and how that can be used in the future. Uh, it's also good uh, as a Tatara partner, see Tatara launching their version 16, uh, which I think really will do uh, tremendous work for us and for everybody involved. Nick, let's talk about career mobility and in particular a number of platforms and vendors that are offering um, skills, experience platforms or learning experience uh, platforms, LXPs, where companies can measure and manage skill development with unemployment, in particular in the UK, being so low. Many companies are thinking about how they grow their talent internally if they can't go to the market and hire the necessary skills. Well, in many respects, this is long overdue. Let's be honest, um, companies sometimes have been far too eager to employ from outside to look from within and nurture existing talent. Uh, and maybe this has actually made people look at how they're going to move forward in the future. And companies should be more respectful of their internal resources. So it's got to be welcomed, totally welcomed. If you take a platform like Edcast, for example, and there are others, as we already mentioned, How Now, but also Degreed. Uh, what uh, the platforms do is they have a repository of all the job roles in the world and the skills needed to fulfill those job roles. And then what learners can do is map their current role to a future role. So they can look at different career pathways and what learning they might need to acquire in order to get that promotion or to move into a new position. Now, the skills assessment is done by the individual. And that's something that I could get quite sceptical about because if you don't assess the skills correctly, how then can you measure the learning and ensure that people go uh, to the right job uh, where the business uh, alignment is there against the person's uh, career ambitions uh, and what engages them? Um, what do you think, Nick? Because if you think about... Skills development, it is critical. Uh, there's a lack of digital skills. You want people to move into higher earning jobs. You want to keep people in your business and not lose them and retain them through learning. But can you really map skills? Uh, all of the platforms proclaim to have artificial intelligence, but is there bias in that? How accurate is it? And uh, what are your thoughts on LXPs and this career mobility uh, trend that's going on around how people can upskill their workforce and retain their staff 
rather than go to market and hire people, uh, especially when there's less people on the market. Well, I think this some, somehow harks back to the previous question as well. Um, and there's quite a few questions entwined in one there. Um, yeah, of course, as an individual, when you're assessing yourself, there is often a bias, but it can also be negative bias the way some people see themselves. Um, but I like to think that over the course of a, a mass group of people, it would even it out. And as long as it's used as a tool, not the only tool, a tool as uh, an assessment of an individual, then it's fine. I'd be worried if it was used the one, as the one and only tool um, to do it, because I think on its own, no, um, it needs to be uh, tested alongside uh, other, other ways of doing it. Another interesting platform that I saw at the show was Class.com, which has been founded by Michael Chasen, the former founder of Blackboard. And this is a platform that builds on Zoom APIs and makes Zoom more friendly for teachers, uh, both in corporate classrooms, but also in education K through 12. Um, what I really like about this platform is it does everything that a teacher might want Zoom to do, which, you know, Zoom out of the box doesn't support. So, for example, you can put a teacher on a podium or stage so you can see uh, with all the video windows who the actual teacher is. There's also things like the raising of hands, but um, the teacher gets to see who uh, raised their hand first and all sorts of other features and functionalities that makes teaching and learning in a video centric world uh, possible. In order to buy class.com and for it to work, there is one restriction, which is you need a Zoom license. It doesn't work with Microsoft Teams, nor does it work with Google Meet. So you have to uh, be a Zoom user. But if you buy the software, it's licensed on a teacher per teacher basis. It's, it doesn't really matter how many people are in your class. What's quite interesting is some of the original investors in Zoom itself have invested in class.com. So whether Zoom eventually acquires the software will be interesting to see. But uh, some of the features and functionality is really fantastic. So, for example, if you're hosting uh, an online class using the class.com platform, which, of course, is built on Zoom, you can see who's engaged and who isn't. And this is highlighted in green, those that are engage, contributing on chat and watching the screen. And those that are drifting off, perhaps, uh, or aren't contributing are highlighted then in amber and red. So this is a really good way for teachers to see who's listening and learning and who isn't, and then make the necessary interventions. I could see this being used not just in a teaching and learning setting, but in actual business meetings. Hence why I think Zoom might gobble up class.com in the not so distant future, but some re really cool um, APIs built on top of Zoom to make it more functional for teaching and learning, such as polls, quizzes, assignments, and all sorts of other things where teachers can control uh, the learner's screen and keep everybody on the same page. Okay, well, you're raising the very interesting point there of distance learning uh, for school kids, basically. Uh, and I think it's going to be blended in the future. Um, we're not going to rely totally upon school. How wonderful would it be to have every child cater for, even when they're not able to come to school? How wonderful would it be to have experts talk to kids and inspire them from a distance? 
how wonderful is all of that? And to me, it's a highly positive tool, as long as it's not used the main thing. The main thing still should be face-to-face in the classroom for kids, but actually supplement it with distance learning. I I think it's got incredible potential um, and a great way to inspire kids. Um, I myself look at my kids. I've got one daughter who's a musical theatre actress, uh, and she's done a fair bit of distance motivational work, uh, and, and it really works. And it, it's, it's great for people in the professions like that. But I can see in certain disciplines how it would also work very well indeed. Another category of companies included Coach Hub and also Better Up. These are coaching marketplaces and corporations can sign up and subscribe to these platforms to enable live cohort-based sessions with qualified coaches from project management to well-being to leadership and other types of subjects. Um, this is an interesting trend. Nick, what do you think to coaching uh, marketplaces, but also to live cohort-based learning, which has really taken off uh, since the pandemic and the rise of Zoom? Well, it's, it's, it's a very logical step. Um, we all know that uh, distance learning works, online learning works, but there are times when you need to do, number one, cohort-based learning. But number two, having the help of a coach, it, it can be tremendously useful. So the coaching marketplaces have a, a, a great potential, great potential to enhance any learning program um, if they're done right. Uh, and that really is then down to matching the right coaches to the right individuals because you know as well as I do coaching is a bit more personal it's not totally just learning it's about you know, do you get on with a person one-to-one so it's done right it could be amazing uh, but there needs to be a lot of vetting first um, and I would urge any L&D head of L&D uh, to really look hard at the individuals they're choosing which I'm sure they will do Nick, let's turn our attention through to content aggregation and libraries. In particular, let's talk about Open Sesame, also Go One and Anders Pink. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about Anders Pink before we talk about Open Sesame and Go One. Well, Anders Pink are a a fascinating organisation. They curate the content for media outlets around the world and serve it up to customers in the experience platform, um, actually of Tatara. Um, and they allow uh, the heads of learning development to actually filter the news and the media that is broadcast to their people so they can make sure it's relevant. So, for example, we work with a lot of um, uh, medical equipment people and it would actually highlight the news for them, the articles for them, as opposed to anything else. And using AI, it would serve up relevant information, relevant information um, as they move forward. So I think it's, it's a great way um, to operate on a site. And actually, to use a digital phrase, it'll make it sticky. It'll make people want to open um, the site time and time again. So I think it's, it's, it's a good thing. One of my favourite places at the Learning Technology Show at Excel was the Tatara Cafe 
Nick, I think you'd agree with me it was done out fabulously because it was spacious yet private and it was more of a a chill out zone away from the hustle and bustle and the noise of the various booths that uh, covered the periphery of the show. Um, Tatara, of course, the uh, talent experience platform. Um, What are your thoughts on Tatara and uh, how do you think they're disrupting the market? Because originally it just used to be a um, learning management system for corporations with Tatara Learn, but now you've got Tatara Learn, Tatara Perform, and Tatara Engage. So it's really moved into the talent experience space. What do you think, Nick? Well, there's really two questions there. Um, Take them in reverse. Um, it's, again, a logical extension uh, for Tatara Learn to want to get involved in other areas. Uh, so Tatara, so moving beyond Learn into the more experienced side, I, I get. Uh, and if it helps create an environment where learners can go and not just go t- the odd time to go and do a course, to come back time and time again uh, to be assessed, to keep all of their programs in there and, and to, to move forward with their careers. Perfect sense. Uh, the second part is how did Tatar perform? At, uh, how, what were they doing at, at the, uh, the, the conference itself, the exhibition? Um, hats off to them. I saw a lot of stands at the event, which understandably were waving flags, showing their wares, telling everybody how good they were, which is what people do. Tatara, I thought, took a step back and said, wait a minute, come and talk to us. You know, let's just get time to almost relax and talk to us. Tell us what you want to do. And we're here to help you. And I think it was a brave move, but I think it worked for them. And people seem to respond very well indeed. I, I, I'm a fan. I think all in all, Learning Technologies 2022 was a success. It's certainly been uh, great to get back into the capital city. It's been a while since I've been down to London. And to meet some familiar faces, customers, vendors that we've heard about in prior years, but also to see some new entrants and startups disrupting the learning technology space. So uh, it'll be good to uh, visit that show next year Uh, but of course nick will be off to atd imminently in orlando florida and no doubt devlearn in las vegas later in the year which i believe is in october i'm with you sean it's great to be out and about again it's good to see some vibrancy it's good to see people um and i think it only bodes well for the future we're in the sweet spot of the learning technology field People really want to work more and more online because that's the nature of the way business is going. People are doing a lot more distant working, so it has to be distance learning with it. Um, Fantastic. Looking forward to um, uh, Orlando next week. And um, here's to a bright 2022. Thank you for listening to the Learning Summit podcast, where we discussed and reviewed Learning Technologies 2022. If you enjoyed it, do subscribe and share on social media. And until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.